Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Today I couldn't be more excited because I have Mr. Gordy Johnson of Big Sugar fame here on today's episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about the band's music, the late and great Gary Lowe, who the band is going to be playing a tribute show for tomorrow night, that being a Friday, December 28th in Toronto, Ontario, and of course we're going to be talking about the future of the band as well. They've got a little bit of a space rock thing going on up in the future. You guys are going to want to hang on till the end of the episode to hear all about that. So of course we're going to jump in, we're going to play a few tunes, we're going to have some fun, we're going to have a great conversation with Gordy today. So I hope you guys are ready for this episode of the DTP. Music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwagner. Little bit of all night that I've been missing 
here with Gordy Johnson, the vocalist, the main idea man behind Big Sugar. How is it going today, Gordy? It's going all right. Ah, I love it. And of course, today we are here to discuss that you guys are going to be doing a show for a long-time member of the band of Big Sugar, one Mr. Gary Lowe. We're paying tribute to the guy. Yes. Um, you know, everybody who's involved in the gig has, you know, we've crossed paths with at some point in our career from the very recent to the very long ago. Um, people who've either played in the band with us or or even just people who have influenced us, like um, Leroy Sibbles and Willie Williams, people like that. Um, so, yeah, just seeing all these people come together to uh, to play our music and, uh, and pay tribute to Gary Lowe is very touching. You guys have quite the group of musicians getting together for this. The Bare Naked Ladies, Broken Social Scene, I Mother Earth, Danko Jones, the Bedouin Sound Clash. It's quite the collection and the eclectic array of different musicians that will be paying tribute to the late Gary Lowe. Well, it's kind of cool, too, because we're taking, you know, various individuals from these groups and putting them in unlikely combinations and playing songs Gary loved to play, you know, different Big Sugar songs or classic reggae songs, what have you. Um, so it's it's quite inspiring to see, you know, Tyler from the Bare Naked Ladies playing with Leroy Sibbles and uh, Danko Jones 
singing with Maestro Fresh West, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever the various combinations are going to be, it is going to be quite entertaining. Yes, that's uh, one combination that I feel would be very, very interesting. The Danko and Maestro, I think, could have a very good energy between the two of them. Mm. I think that is fixing to be one epic moment of the show. One of many, I'm sure. Yes, agreed. So let's touch on exactly what did Gary Lowe mean to the band and how did he end up coming into the fold? Because he wasn't exactly one of the founding members of the group, was he? No, I'm the founding member of the group. That's that's it. It's always just been my it's always been my creative vehicle and I've included other people along the way. And rather than just like hire employees and tell them what to play, you know, it's it's the sum of its parts and so I as my creative direction has changed, I've brought different people into the group that mm-hmm. accentuated that. You know, I mean, so I, I wouldn't ask someone to come in the group and not do what they do. You know, when, when Mr. Chill was in the group, he brought rhythm and blues and blues and soul and his whole wealth of musical knowledge to the experience. Um, and he learned to do some other things, too. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he came to be playing reggae and ska and, and whatnot. So it was a an experience for, for all of us to grow in. Uh, which we did, and but Gary was is somebody who you know in my early days I really idolized as a bass player and just as a presence I really just he was I was just like a huge fan of his before I knew him I had no I had no fantasies of even uh, having him in a band or being in a band with him I was just like man this guy is the bomb every every reggae gig I go to. There's this guy who plays bass. You would not believe. I just, I mean, he. I, I loved his playing as much as the most famous people you could name. And he was, he was just a local guy. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I eventually came to have an opportunity to to ask him to join the band, you know, believe me, man, I was I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I hope he says yes because wow, this is, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know. And what led to that opportunity? Did, was it just like some connections within the scene that you eventually were able to get the opportunity to ask him? Or how did that come about? Uh, it could not have been more tenuous. I, I really just, I had suffered the frustration of playing with bass players who were not up to the task for the last time. And I fired a guy at the end of a gig and I was just like, man, this has just gone on too long like this. And I, let me see, how'd this go down? I called Kit Johnson. He's a fantastic bass player in, in Canada and, you know, plays blues and folk music and all kinds of stuff. And I played with him a lot in Toronto. And I called to beg him one more time. I was like, Kit, you got to save me, man. You got to help me out. And <laughs> Kit, in his wisdom, said, you know, what you need to do is stop beating up bass players and making them play like Gary Lowe, why don't you just hire Gary Lowe? Which is like saying, you know, why don't you just ask the Easter Bunny to join your band? Like, well, how, how do you do I can't do that. How am I going to do that? Uh, and he said, well, Gary doesn't have a phone, but maybe if I call Paul Corby, I think Paul Corby knows where Gary hangs out, and if he sees Gary, we'll try to get him to call you. I thought, this is never going to happen. <laughs> how 
how ra- so you're going to phone a guy who's mm-hmm. going to go look for a guy who doesn't have a phone and tell him to somehow get on someone else's phone and call me at a hotel where I don't live. Yeah, this sounds like this is really going to happen. Mm-hmm. And 15 minutes later, 15 minutes later, he was calling me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds like something where it's like, you know what, maybe in like a month or two, I might bump into this guy and maybe he'll be willing to make a phone call, but then just bam, just like that. That's incredible. Yeah, and then it was very fast track after that. Okay, so were you already trying to progress the sound of Big Sugar towards that reggae style that you guys sort of adapted on those 95 EPs, Dear MF and Ride Like Hell, and then once you guys like got into Hemivision, was that something you were already progressing into, or was that something once he actually got into the band where it was just natural having someone of his talent? Well, if you listen to our first two records, um, you'll hear a lot of reggae bass lines already. In, mm-hmm. If you know reggae music at all, I mean, there's some real classic... Like we didn't, we weren't hiding them in the mix somewhere, you know. I mean, we're singing blues lyrics over, you know, late '80s dancehall reggae bass lines and classic rock steady bass lines that were, you know, already in common parlance in in reggae music. Mm-hmm. Uh, rock fans just didn't recognize them, so it's not like anybody was going, "Oh wow, I really like the reggae vibes." Yeah. Once you got a guy with it with a Lion's Mane of Dreadlocks in the band, all of a sudden it sounds like uh, reggae. It was like, well, we were already doing that, but that's cool. <laughs> so when Gary, you know, joined the group, it it also allowed us to dig a lot deeper into those things w- without having to explain them. You know, like I, I found myself continually trying to get guys to listen to this stuff and and incorporate it. And it just wasn't coming naturally. Whereas with Gary that we just stopped talking about it. It's like, Hey man, here's the chords to this song. I was thinking it would go like this. Gary would play and I'd be like, well, I guess that's how the bass part goes. <laughs> you know, that's it. So it that's just made, it. just made the writing process that much smoother then. Well, yeah, because I was writing for, I was writing to people's strengths. You yeah. know, I, I know what I knew what everybody in the group was good at. And so I made sure that that became part of what what we were rocking. You know? mm-hmm. And of course, we're going to have you guys rocking very soon to another one of the classic Big Sugar tunes. Of course, the songs that we're listening to today come off of a reimagination of some of the classic Big Sugar tracks that they did. Oh, about back in 2014, the album was called Yard Style. So if you're enjoying this version of the Big Sugar music, maybe you guys can go out and check that album. Of course, we're going to be talking about other things that they have in the future. And of course, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the late, great Gary Lowe, who, of course, they're going to be putting on that amazing sounding tribute show for. I mean, like I said earlier, that combination of the maestro Fresh Wes and Mr. Danko Jones. Oh my goodness. I... If anybody who's listening to this somehow manages to get video of this, please, please, please 
send it my way because I need to hear this and I am going to be on the west coast unfortunately because that's where I live and hey I'm not complaining that's just the way that life works out so my loss is somebody else's gain and Hopefully that somebody is nice enough to throw a little bit of video on the internet so that the rest of us can join in and celebrate in the celebration of life of one Mr. Gary Lowe. Rest in peace, his beautiful soul. So of course, like I said, we're going to be jumping into another track of off of Yardstyle, off of Yardstyle, of of Yardstyle. Good work, Colton. All right, so the second song that I'm going to be playing is definitely not the song that I said would be my Desert Island Big Sugar song, but it's definitely one of the classics that I enjoy very much, and I'm sure many of you do as well. This song is called I Want You Now.
you've once said that Gary was once one of your greatest musical contributors. So seeing how like you were writing people's pieces and sort of coming in mind, how much value and how much like did he add to the creative process once he was a part of it? Like how much did that take off of your shoulders? Uh, well, like I said, uh, the word I used was collaborator. Yeah. Is, in that he, it really was collaborative in that, you know, like I just said, I, if I wrote something, I could show him the baseline I had in mind. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it was going to get filtered through Gary Fingers, and it was just going to sound like classic rock steady reggae music. Mm-hmm. And I was good with that. <laughs> you know? okay. So I kind of. I kind of counted on him to to bring that thing to it, no matter yeah. what notes I wrote. And there are some, you know, Gary also, for being such um, an amazing player on his instrument, he also had no ego about it. The two of us would sit in the studio with a bass, and if he didn't feel the bass part or didn't get it or didn't understand it, I played it. And mm-hmm. if I wrote it and I was killing it, but the way Gary played it was just different and better then Gary played it. And we just never, I don't ever remember having a conversation of, um, Hey man, I hope it's cool with you, but I, like, I kind of put the bass part on here already. Is that, you know, I got to be careful because musicians all have egos and Gary didn't, he just, he just didn't. He just wanted it to be a great song and he looked forward to playing that bass line every night. And, he really brought it. So he adapted his playing to some bass lines that I had written, you know. And so it just, yeah, it was a great cooperative, living, breathing musical relationship. Did you and Gary communicate much during the hiatus years in between Brothers and Sisters and Revolutions Per Minute? No. no. Zero. Ooh, wow. <laughs> actually, actually, not at all. Not one word was spoken. And not not for any not for any reason mm-hmm. except that we were both out living our lives and and doing what we were doing. Um, but when we got back together, it really was like no time had passed for us. You know, mm-hmm. just our we had always had kind of a we didn't talk a lot. It wasn't a it wasn't a verbal kind of relationship. I mean. We, t- we spoke to each other, but it wasn't, uh, you know, if I didn't talk to Gary for a month, it was like no time had passed. We'd just pick it up right where we left. Awesome. Well, did you find that was sort of the way you felt also returning to the musical style of Big Sugar? Because Grady is a little bit more hard rock than less reggae and R&B. So did you feel that like right. that was something that you naturally just came back into right away and you were feeling it? Hmm. Yeah, because it was just, it, it, it had different ingredients. You know, it, it was, there's a harmony that happens. I don't mean like singing harmony, but there's a harmonious thing that happens with with those ingredients. You know, you can... You can have Italian food without garlic in it, but you can have Chinese food with garlic in it. It doesn't taste the same. It still has garlic in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, I just combined different elements. Big Sugar had a whole different recipe for how we made sound. Grady has its own recipe for 
how it makes sound. We just did a gig over the weekend, and yeah, it's still it's like throwing a match on gasoline. That's kind of what it does. Uh, whereas Big Sugar is a slow burn. You know, it it's there for a it's there for the long haul. You can uh, just the groove gets going, and then you just see what happens. So earlier this year, you guys released a collection of tracks entitled Icon. You were the one who curated and chose the music for this album. Is there a certain like idea or process that you went behind choosing these songs and the order that they would go on the album? No, and let me clarify. I didn't call myself an icon. You make it sound like you guys had this great idea to call okay. yourself an icon. Universal Music puts out a CD every year of uh, different artists, and it's sort of a historical look back at that artist's career. And so we were very honored to be called and tapped on the shoulder, and they said, hey, uh, you're an icon. We want to put out this CD. What songs do you think should go on it? I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. So, really, sorry. really, really? Okay. I, so I was... Yeah, no, it it came as a surprise, and it was like, okay, well, I guess what, if you're, you know, I, I just tried to think to myself, okay, if I'm going on a camping trip, and you stop at a store on the highway, and you grab a couple of CDs to play in the boombox at the cottage, you know, <laughs> what, what Big Sugar songs need to be on that CD? So it was that. It was that mindset, you know. I tried to grab something from every record mm-hmm. and and put it on there. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't like I masterminded and curated my own iconic status. I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 one day I was a con, the next day I was an icon. I don't know. I don't know when it changed. <laughs> yes, that's definitely not how I meant to do it. I just had acknowledged. <laughs> was trying to acknowledge that you were the ones that selected the tracks. I, I definitely did not lead into the fact that it was part of the Icon series that they have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So thank you for yeah. clarifying about that. <laughs> All right. For among those songs of of those cabin songs, which one do you feel like would mean the most to you if you were sitting in a cabin, just hanging out, and you had to pick one Big Sugar song? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't spend that much time camping or in a cabin, so I mean, <laughs> I, I had to live vicariously while making that decision. Um, I, I guess, uh, I guess, all hell for a basement is a great like hoist a hoist your beer up in the air kind of kind of song, or digging a hole maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I agree with all hell for a basement. I think that would be my selection. I tend to not be partying to my own music, just uh-huh. so you know. Also, as, well, as much as I believe I am an icon, I also don't <laughs> party to my own iconic body of work. <laughs> this is fair. I mean, there's only a certain point where you can only listen to the song so many times, and then you just don't even want to play them yourself. Well, there there aren't any songs that we play that we don't want to play. I'm mm-hmm. proud to still say that, you know, we only play the songs that we still have a feeling for. You know? Yeah. One last question, and then I will let you free Mr. Gordy Johnson. What does the future hold for Big Sugar and Gordy Johnson? Uh, well, we've got a new record. We've spent the last two years making it, built a studio, and... Um, 
you know, life has certainly served us some obstacles, so it took us a while to get it done. But um, I'm pretty proud. I think we've come up with a, a work with a singular intent and sound. And I think having to uh, survive adversity has certainly led to, uh, I mean, we had to really want to make this record because believe me, there was a lot of, a lot of reasons to quit mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of it. Uh, and we just, we just don't do that. We just didn't quit. We try to turn everything around and make it positive and uh, I feel like we have done that. It's a, it's a space rock opera if anyone's listening, Ooh. but uh, <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what that's going to do for our icon status. They might revoke it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Recalling all Big Sugar icon CDs. Yeah. We had sorry, no, yeah. we had no idea that they planned a space opera. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, well, we'll we'll see when it's uh, when it, when it's out in circulation uh, how people respond. But uh, yeah, no, it's all of the songs ended up being written around a central theme, and it's kind of a continuous story thread that goes through all of it. We didn't start out with that in mind; it just ended up being how it went. And I also have a wealth of recordings of Gary's playing that from over the years that have never been released. So I would really love to dig into those and, and find ways to get those in circulation as well. That could be very interesting. Yeah. I've got two songs ready to go now. Uh, but I just, I have dozens of hard drives with great moments over the, over the decades of Gary's playing that I'd like to share with people. Well, hopefully at some point we can, have that collection of treasured hidden Gary low moments and otherwise I look very very forward to the reggae space opera that is the next <laughs> Big Sugar album yeah. far out alright man I gotta okay. get back in the lunar module alright me as well <laughs> thank you very okay. much for taking the time to talk to me today Alright, cheers. Cheers. So, as I'm sure you can already tell, today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter than most of you are used to. Hopefully, that doesn't make you too angry. Hopefully, nobody starts flipping a table or anything too crazy. I mean, come on now. Come on now. But I personally want to go ahead and thank Gordy Johnson for joining me here on this episode. This being episode 50 of the Desert Tiger Podcast. My goodness, we actually reached 50! <laughs> to think that number 50 was one of like the like marquee 90s, 2000s Canadian singers is like, oh, I'm so blessed and so thankful for like every opportunity that this show gives me. And, like, the fact that Gordy was willing to sit down and discuss the life of someone who he treasured very much and someone who was very close to him. I am very thankful that he was willing to do that. And, of course, I'm also very thankful for the discussions of Grady, what's in the future for Big Sugar, Space Rock Opera, yeah! I mean, I myself have already gone ahead and hit following on Spotify, so that I know exactly when that is going to drop. You guys probably 
If you are interested at all in the words space rock opera or anything else we spoke about at all entailing to that subject, you should probably also go to Spotify and hit follow on that because it's going to be amazing. If you happen to have the opportunity to catch the tribute show to the late and great Gary Lowe, please, please go ahead and treat yourself to that, my East Coast listeners. Those of you who are in Toronto, trust me, you will not be disappointed. Members of Bare Naked Ladies, the Badanquin Sound Clash, Danko Jones, Maestro Fresh West, there's going to be all sorts of of different musicians joining together to celebrate not only Big Sugar's music, but of course the life of an amazing Canadian musician who left a giant impact on the scene and everything that he touched. I of course also want to go ahead and thank you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast, for tuning in to this episode 50 of the DTP, and of course any other episode that you have taken the time to listen to, I am extremely thankful. From episode 1 with Danny Duggan all the way to episode 50 here with Gordy Johnson of Big Sugar. It's been a very exciting journey with you guys, and I know I've missed a couple weeks, but I assure you, 2019, there will be no missed episodes. In fact, I plan on bringing you guys bonus episodes. We have a ton of interviews already lined up. Next week, I'm going to be bringing you the alt-pop duo in the city. We're going to have a great conversation with them. I had a fantastic time talking to both members of the group about everything that they have going on. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear next week's episode as well. So if you are a new listener of the podcast, or maybe you're somebody who has actually yet to hit the follow or subscribe button, Maybe this is the time, maybe today is the day that you want to do that because subscribing is the best way to find out about when we have a new episode dropping. Of course, our social media is also a very good way to keep up to date with everything that is going on in the DTE universe. And if you guys want to take that extra step to show your dedication, your love, towards Desert Tiger, all things that we do here, you can go ahead and pick yourself up a Desert Tiger t-shirt just like so many of our listeners have already gone ahead and done. Our web store is going to be up and running very soon, but if you don't want to wait for that, of course you can email the podcast or you can hit us up on any of our social platforms. They are incredibly easy to find. Seriously, just look up Desert Tiger Entertainment or Desert Tiger Podcast in Facebook. We're probably going to be the top thing that pops up, maybe like the top I have no idea. We're gonna be there. That is the way to get your hands on a shirt. As soon as that web store is up and running, I'm gonna have the links on all of our social sites, and I'm gonna have that right here for you. I'm gonna tell it to you right right here, like we do every week. Every week, we're gonna communicate a little bit. It's gonna be beautiful. But of course, until then, have yourselves a wonderful New Year, I hope that 2019 brings you wonderful memories and moments and that you achieve everything that you want to do because you 
can achieve whatever it is you set your mind to. It's a wonderful, wonderful world. All right, you guys. I will see you next week with my guest in the city. Until then, bye bye